Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, coming at you every week for 30 minutes or less. It's never been less, yet I say that every time. Um, never. I've cried wolf a few times and said, oh, I'm not going to make it to 30 minute mark. And I always do. Um, what a liar. Stop listening now. Thanks for listening. Got good numbers and feedback from last week. Don't know what's up with that. Uh, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it was cause it was kind of one topic. Was it one topic? Larry McMurtry and Lonesome Div and, uh, Howard Schnellenberger, amazing man, both amazing men. Um, yeah, we covered a ton on Larry McMurt and Lonesome Dove last week, a life very well lived, amazing writer. By the way, I went to Lonesome Dove exhibit in Texas outside Austin. I think it was at Texas state at the time, three years ago, two, three years ago. When, when my girlfriend, we, we, if you ever get a chance, man, it's amazing. Not sure if it's still there, but uh, it was pretty great. Um, I have Toll House cookies here. I don't know why I have that. I think it's because I'm going to talk about Eckhart Toll, the writer. But uh, what a great book. And seriously, am I just going to do a Lonesome Dove podcast now? Guys, some quick ads. iFinancial Group can take care of all your commercial equipment financing needs. If you're trying to build an exhibit or a university with buildings uh, and you need a tractor or a, a mint mixer, a cement mixer, um, guys, with a one-page application, you can get that curse, you can get that equipment financed. With a one-page application, you can be pre-approved same day. Let Todd Bodell and iFinancial Group earn your business at 949-510-1590 or email him at tbodell at ifinancialgroup.com based in San Clemente, California, some of the finest real estate in the world. So it's run by smart people, you know. Dumb people don't end up owning a business in the nicest real estate in the world. Some crooked people, but not these guys, all right? It's legit. Get that home-based business. Businesses are rewarded in ways that individuals and employees are not. You know, you want that little LLC going. Uh, credit repair 90210. Huh? You probably know where that's based out of with Ronan David. Do you have inaccurate, obsolete, or unverifiable items on your credit report? Are you a shady motherfucker? Uh, they handle collections, bankruptcy, evictions, repossession, foreclosures, child support, student loans, medical bills, late payments, and more. I don't think I had all those things when I was in trouble. I think it was more um, late payments and bankruptcy, you know, close. Uh, I've tried, but God, that's a lot of things. That's a lot of things. So hopefully you're not experiencing all those things. Collections, bankruptcy, evictions, repossessions, foreclosures, child support, student loans, medical bills, late payments, and more. Uh, again, more. Anyway, call Ronan David, guys, 310-773-1716 at Credit Repair, 90210. You can find him on Facebook. He's a friend of mine. They can help you consolidate credit, uh, and they're looking for agents as well. So if you're looking for work, you can contact him about being an agent, which I think is one of those jobs uh, that modern society has where you can, where that actually helps people. I don't know how many there are, but this is something where you benefit, you're working, and uh, you can help people consolidate their debt and get their uh, get out from under right? Get their lives in control a little bit, a little bit of compassion out there sometimes. And it slips through here. $89 a month uh, after a setup fee of 190 
but it's all negotiable. I don't even know why I say that because every case is different. But the, the, what I was quoted and what I'd read on their website, $89 a month. Once you, that initial $190, uh, and then you're at $89 a month. And who knows how long it'll take. But uh, I know throughout the process when you're trying to settle on a credit card, you know, halfway through, the, your guy, whether it's Ronan or whomever, will say, hey, maybe if you can come up with 3000 now, they're willing to settle, the credit card company. Uh, I've done it twice. I've gotten out of major credit card debt twice. And my credit's okay now. I've got two credit cards that I keep uh, under wraps. Hope that makes sense. So call Ronan or Todd uh, and let them know. I told you. Let them know you heard it here at the Keen On Things podcast. Uh, fix that credit score and you'll fix so much more in your life. Um, okay. That's it. That's it. Oh, I made a mistake last week when I mentioned there was no way for the U. I was talking about Howard Schnellenberger. It is, I think one week's going to be the podcast, and the next week's just going to be talking about the previous week's podcast. Last week when I mentioned that there was no way for the USFL's Spirit of Miami was the team Howard Schnellenberger was going to take over for the USFL. The Spirit of Miami, there was no way for them to compete with the Miami Hurricanes. That was a mistake. I meant uh, Miami Dolphins, of course. The USFL was going to be a pro football team. Uh, and Howard Schnellenberger had just come from the University of Miami. They played in the same stadium at the time. But, of course, they wouldn't have to compete with the Miami Hurricanes, a college team, even though in his head, he, once he got to the spirit of Miami, if that would have happened, he would have maybe said, oh, it was better in college. Anyway, I meant to say that there's no way they could have competed with the Dolphins. Don Shula's team was still going to Super Bowls, uh, even though they lost both in the 80s. But... The uh, Dolphin organization was still strong. And I don't know if Miami would have been a big enough market to handle two pro football teams. Um, some bigger cities did back then. And even then, the USFL didn't last. I think it lasted two, three seasons. Helped Steve Young, helped Jim Kelly. That's great. Um, but like LA, I'm trying to think of some other markets that had two teams. I can't imagine. Did the Dallas city of Dallas have a USFL team? I mean, who, who's competing with the Cowboys? Any, um, so great, great job. Great, great weekend. Okay. Easter yesterday. Well done, everybody. Spring equinox. I don't know how I feel about Easter. We'll get into that. It's just so different. I guess we need these mile markers of where we are in the year calendars. I think ultimately that's what all these things are. Whether we believe at the core of something, whether we believe marginally in something or whether it's just like, yeah, let's just get the nice clothes on, go to church, you know, go to whomever family's house we're going to, and let's go through the motions a little bit and get me some, you know, Bud Lights. I prefer Miller Lite, but get me some Bud Lights and just numb me while my kids play with their kids. We have some fake awkward conversation. We eat, we pray, you know, there's a game on, whether it's probably basketball when it's Easter some baseball, good Angels game last night. And then you go home and you call it, and that's how you live your life. You just kind of numb and fake and, you know, not not completely fake, just like 15% of us or something like that. Uh, I had an Easter once with Henry Phillips, the great comedian, actor, singer, songwriter, Henry Phillips. We were in Dayton, Ohio, at Wiley's Comedy Club for the weekend. I think Jeff was uh, MCing. I think he chimed in on Twitter, I saw. Um, 
and we were there. We had a Sunday night. We had an Easter night show, and I think we were flying out Monday. And they had a condo near the comedy club, a comedy condo where the comics stay, like an apartment slash hotel. And we watched, I think all day we watched What's Happening. It was a What's Happening marathon uh, that took place that Easter Sunday. And uh, it was on TV land. I don't know. We probably watched five or six episodes. That show, that show took place in L.A. I always took thought it took place in Oakland, but what's happening was uh, in L.A. because they'd reference Laker games in the forum and stuff where they should be played still. Because um, there was a line where Rerun's supposed to get Laker tickets, and he comes to the house, and they're like, did you get the tickets, Rerun? And he's like, mm, and they're like, where are we sitting? You know, are we sitting courtside? Are we sitting in the 10th row? Are we sitting in the bleachers? Mm, rerun, where are we sitting? And he's like, Manchester, 182nd. And everyone's like, rerun. Like, he didn't get the tickets. And Manchester and 182nd is, I guess, the house. They were probably going to watch the game from there, which I don't know if that makes sense because I think I think Manchester and 182nd run parallel, so I don't know if those are the right streets. But that's some deep L.A. right there. Um, so Easter, man. Yeah, the combination of Easter Bunny and Jesus' resurrection is even further than the Santa Claus Jesus' birth connection. Uh, you know, how far are we going to take it? It's really quite impressive how far we take it away from its core message. Like, we make <laughs> the, I guess it's an assassination. It's a crucifixion of uh, the king, of a king of a certain group of people, a certain amount of people on the planet. It's their king. And it's a crucifixion. And we turn it into, like, a fluffy little white bunny. And stuff like that so very interesting i don't know that jesus would ever approve of an easter bunny uh an infant jesus may approve of santa you know but a 33 year old jesus i don't know whatever easter comes in spring it's a week off you know christmas is two weeks easter gets the one week i just i'm trying to figure out in the core of me why christmas means so much more i think to so many Christmas, you know, gifts. I think Christmas is the end of the year. There's presents, cold weather, decorations. You know, um, but whatever. I think Christmas is more spread out as a time period than Easter is, even though it's a forty-day process. I know we have Lent build up, but I, I just Easter doesn't do it for me as much. You know, I, the, the the resurrection, the death and resurrection. That's that's great stuff, but. Uh, I don't know. Maybe one year when I was a kid and we colored eggs, but I've always tried to be uh, on the road for Easter in my comedy life. I try to be traveling because it's just, it's, it's a good day to maybe travel. Uh, okay. I think Easter, I think spring is already on its way. So Easter's like, oh, we got to lay our, lay our claim, stake our claim. We're already excited. It's springtime. Christmas is kind of like you're in for the long winter. This is your last shot at something good for a while. Your last distraction. You know, Christmas has our undivided attention. Easter's peripheral. You know, not Jesus. I'm never talking about Jesus necessarily. I'm talking about Easter. These holidays, some of them are hilarious to me. All the religious the religions celebrate a couple times a year, right around the same time, yet we call them different things, whether you're Christian, Jewish, Muslim, pagan. If these religions are, are different, are so different, don't you think we'd celebrate at completely ta different times of the year? But no, everybody always has conveniently 
a holiday right around the same time. But we have to all be different, right? It's a religion, right? Like an arms race, we're all in a religion race. Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, where it was about turkey. Easter was ham for me for some reason. Chocolat is like the one Easter movie. I don't think there's any others. There's just Chocolat. I mean, obviously, there's Passover films. Uh, maybe I'll write a movie about Easter. I kind of had an idea long ago. Maybe sex it up a little bit. Because I'll tell you, you look back at history, you look what Charles Dickens did with uh, Christmas Carol, and that sexed up Christmas, boy. You look at Christmas, early 1800s. When was that written? 1830s, 1840s? I'm not sure. Somewhere between like 1820 and 1860 or 70 is when the Christmas Carol was written. And before that, Christmas was not what it is, you know. And you look at uh, Santa Claus before Coke assigned that color red to his cloak. I think he was wearing green before, and he wasn't jolly. He was like kind of Nordic and lean. And they threw some jolly on him, threw some red on him, and Santa Claus, man, his publicity just exploded. Good PR agent there. Uh, So, yeah, pre-Christmas, Carol, Christmas was not what it is today. So a lot of it's marketing, right? not talking i'm not slamming jesus at all all right uh but whatever in the end you take your own interpretation of all of it and be happy and help mankind and don't try to project your religion onto others and don't judge what others believe and uh, i don't always abide by this stuff but i try okay yeah chocolate with johnny depp is great is it julia ormond or is that her name is she in that I don't know. Maybe I've got the wrong girl. Chocolate with Johnny Depp and uh, I don't know, some others. It's good. Um, okay. Final four. Women's ended last night. Women's final basketball ended last night. One point game. Fantastic game. Arizona almost upset Stanford. Stanford's just a powerhouse, even though they haven't won since 92, which I don't think is that long ago. But the papers plug it like. Hey, they haven't won since 92. Well, that's so recent. Come on. Give me like, hey, Detroit Lions haven't won since 1957. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I watched that. Um, I didn't watch it. I just saw the score. But I did watch the Final Four Saturday, Baylor versus Houston. One of those games where a team just gets exposed. Um, and the disparity is just so great. And it might happen tonight with Baylor-Gonzaga. I don't know. But... Baylor just displayed its mastery against Houston on uh, Saturday. It wasn't even a game. By, by by midway through the first half. I mean, Baylor is so good. Chip and Joanna Gaines have to be freaking out, right? Those way goes. Did he play football there? I used to watch that show a little bit. Um, I'll tell you, John McKeon's hair right now looks like Chip Gaines these days. Have a look. Uh, but yeah, so congratulations to Stanford and to University of Arizona. It was a great game last night, one point game. And then in the uh, UCLA loss to Gonzaga, one of the greatest college basketball games I've ever seen, uh, which was back and forth. You didn't have flailing. I mean, both teams shot well, played hard, played well, and it just came down to, and it went to overtime naturally because that's what you want. UCLA, I think trailed by seven points at one point with like two minutes left and still came back to tie it, goes to overtime. And Gonzaga's up. UCLA ties it with 3.3 seconds left on a great follow-up 
by a player falling on his own miss and uh, followed it up with the lay-in. They had 3.3 seconds. They inbound it, and they hit a half quarter, banked in at the buzzer. Just phenomenal. The coach didn't even look surprised at Gonzaga. He was just like, yeah. I mean, I guess the whole time you felt Gonzaga was going to do it, but damn, UCLA gave up a fight. And, or gave him a fight. And UCLA is not, you know, UCLA kind of, it's Westwoody. It's been years since they've been good. But they had that grit. They had that grit. And they made Michigan look good by, they beat Michigan in a tight one. And then they go give Gonzaga a tight one. So Michigan is made to look better. Because UCLA played Gonzaga to the limit. Um, couldn't have asked for more if I'm UCLA. I was pulling for him. They got a Santa Margarita kid on the squad. Wanted to see it happen. But I'm very happy for Gonzaga. It's their first time, two first-time teams in this final. So that's good. At least that I, in my lifetime. In my lifetime. I, I don't know that Baylor or Gonzaga has ever been to the final basketball game. So it's kind of refreshing, right? New teams. So that's good. Our buddy Matt Blaisdell went to Gonzaga. We're pulling for him these days for sure. Um, I know some guys that went to Baylor and uh, – but this round pulling pulling for Gonzaga. Baylor women almost went as well. Baylor will be favored, but I think Gonzaga takes them down because uh, because Baylor had an easy game the other night while Gonzaga was tested, and you don't hit a last-second shot like that and then go on to lose. You do not come to Vegas and talk to Mo Green like that. You hit a half-court shot like that. It could be destiny. Um. So, yeah, that's a, that's a Texas versus a Washington matchup. So that'll be interesting. Where are we? Okay, we're at 17. Okay, we got time. But I did watch um, – what did I watch? Yeah, I watched the finish, man, on Friday. I watched the finish of Arizona-UConn women's, and that was great. That was great. They upset UConn in a brilliant game. Um so you kind of feel for them because you knock off UConn. They're just a dynasty, right? Women's basketball. Fascinating. Fascinating. Vanessa. Condoms are for sailors, baby. Okay. Uh, guys, I've been reading Eckhart Tolle this week. And what an amazing man. He wrote The Power of Now, which is a great book. Um and the book I'm reading is Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. And it's just mind-boggling. And I'm reading about the ego now and holding on to the past and how it's so much of our ego, <clears throat> thinking that we're strong enough and able to control. I'm going to sneeze. That's some dead air. I didn't even sneeze. Don't you hate that? But you hold on to the past, and it's so much ego because you think that, like, oh, I could have done more. I could have controlled the world and controlled people and controlled all these events, you know, had I wanted to, had I had my head on straight. But the truth is you were just one person. So these Eckhart Tolle books, it's like therapy, philosophy, religion. I'm going to read Alan, Alan Watts' book after this, um, who was telling me about it. Bonner Wren, Bonner Paddock Wren was telling me about it. Um, we have so many questions when we're young, and then we kind of get appeased by organized religion 
in these weird explanations of things and we just kind of become okay with it. You know, high school, college, you're at kind of the peak of curiosity with why we're here, I think, in the great beyond. Um, and organized religion, they don't really answer these questions. They just gloss over them. And then we stop asking, you know, whether it's in high school or college or beyond. And we get a job out of college or work in areas of revenue that occupy our minds. And they take the place of any questions that we had, any fatalistic questions, any um, existential questions. We kind of just accept whatever justification that fits our current life, our revenue making, whatever justifies that we will, we will take it. If there's a paycheck, you know, whatever is convenient to our current lifestyle, right? Bernie Sanders wants to stop wars, help the planet, stop the prison and military industrial complexes, help the homeless people without health care. But all someone needs to do to stop all that is just say socialism. They call him a socialist, and that's all that's needed. Americans don't even have a clue what socialism or capitalism or conservatism is. Uh, is it two endless wars overseas, drone attacks on five different countries? Is that conservative spending? Does that sound conservative? Is it conservative in uh, maybe, hey, compared to what we'll spend later on if we don't bomb these countries now? Is that, does that what makes it conservative? Because then we won't be able to be conservative. It'll be all at war. I mean, do tell me. I'm curious. Bernie claims he's a democratic socialist. Uh, but over the years, he's claimed that he's a socialist, right? Of older interviews. I don't think in the last 20 years, there might not be anything where he's saying he's socialist. But, uh, but over like 30 years ago, you have him saying, yeah, socialist policies and whatnot. And I wonder seriously if he regrets having said that, like looking back, looking back in those interviews, obscure interviews where he says he's a socialist, like I think with Phil Donahue, he says one, if he, you know, he said it maybe to stir up a fuss. And now he's like, man, I should have said something else and not given dipshit America this crutch to cling to, because that's all you have to do. You can say socialism and that excuses you for, from voting someone who is actually trying to help humanity. People visualize their lazy friend instead of countless Americans who need help uh, in their own country, the richest country in the history of the world. But they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I know, Jamie. Like, I work hard, and Jamie, uh, man, he would benefit. And yes, there would be people that would benefit who don't work necessarily hard or just can't figure shit out. But uh, the bigger picture would be a lot more people benefiting and there's plenty of pieces of shit that benefit now of the opposite policies. Um, anyway, yeah. Bernie's policies were the closest thing to Jesus. Happy Easter, everybody happy Easter. So I don't know the true, I've talked to Christians and they align like a lot of true Christians. I know good ones. Some, some, there's some really good Christians out there. Um, their beliefs line up with Bernie. So, an afterlife is one thing, right? But if an afterlife is based on a Christian Jesus type thing, very few are going to get his praise. He may still let people into heaven or whatever, right? Because he's all good. But he's not going to be happy with the last 50, 60 years of America. 
the people we've assassinated, the people we've forced out, like Bernie, like Henry Wallace back in 1944. The bombs, the bombing, the wars, the bombs without the wars, the usurping of other countries' elections, governments, economies. In that respect, I think social media has actually been good. A lot has been exposed with some of that, the Arab Spring and everything. Anyway, happy Easter. Happy Easter, you guys. Um, so enough about improving the world, right? Enough about improving the world, um, right? How about improving ourselves? Again, Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E. Wow, I got off on a friggin' tange. Um, true love, he's great. He talks about true love versus romantic love, how true love doesn't involve wanting or desiring something. You're not trying to control or dominate, own them. Uh, and how the modern world, we're not sure where we fit in. Right? That's the greatest challenge is where we fit in. I know I struggle with this. Coming from uh, 20 years of one lifestyle in a totally different environment to another. And, uh, you know, you battle, you try to figure it out, and you're surrounded by good people. All types, good people. Whether you agree with them, politically, religiously, or whatever. Uh, it's about people. But uh, I'll tell you, man, moving to Orange County now makes me think that I did everything wrong, like seeing all the families, seeing all the homes, seeing all the, uh, you know, the cars, the living, the money. And I'm like, oh, I didn't do it right, you know. And it can put you in doubt, man. It gets in your head, and it can mess with ye. Um, and it can be crazy. So let's see. Um, but you just kind of... You hang in there. It's like moving Orange County. It's like uh, it's because this life doesn't align with how I've been living for a long time. But uh, you know, you just, you just, and that's one of the challenges of today. In Lonesome Dove, I can't believe I'm citing this again. Augustus asked Call like in the beginning. He's like, "You ever think everything we did was wrong? Like, you ever think everything we did was wrong?" I know my dad used to have like, he's like, "Man, I'm selling candy. It's messing up kids' sugar and kids' teeth." And I'm selling ice cream. It's probably not good for people. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I think there's bigger, a lot bigger problems out there. A lot, of, a lot bigger uh, moral uh, crises out there than the candy man and the ice cream man, Dad. So you're all good. Um, so really quick, I'm going to read this little part from Eckhart Tolle, and then we'll get to the Keen's Tweets of the Week for some reason. If you're still listening at this point, man, it's your own fault, you know. So this book, it talks about how hard it is to live with yourself and one of the ways which the ego attempts to escape the unsatisfactoriness of personal selfhood is to enlarge, this is filling ego, you enlarge and strengthen your ego's sense of self, your own sense of self by identifying with a group. We all know this, right? Someone identifies with like the college they go to, every piece of clothing from there on out is that, you know. Love USC. My dad went to graduate school there, but man, there is a friggin' following, a cult following. Um, and people, when they make that their personality, never, don't ever make those things your personality, right? One of my best buddies went to uh, SC, and he, it's like, yeah, I watch his games, but he's not a freak. Um, self, yeah, so it could be a nation, you know, nationalism. It could be a political party, you know. These Trump flags are still being sold. They're just, just brilliant, really smart. Um, corporations, institutions, sects, clubs, gangs, football team. Definitely. Man, I used to be so into Notre Dame as a kid. It was, it was a sickness, I think. 
I mean, it was over the top. Uh, but then you develop a personality. Maybe, God forbid, you have sex at some point. And it's like, oh, okay, wow, there's other things out there in life. There's vegetables, you know. Uh, and that's the idea. So Eckhart Tolle, yeah, check him out. This book just blows me away and uh, just gets you out of your own head. Because we have these questions when we get older that we can't find answers to because it's like, oh, no, I put them back in that that stew back in high school and college. I just threw it into Irish Catholicism. So all the answers are there. Um, I don't really need to search. Um, but you need to keep searching, right? And you need help with that. And things like yoga and things like, who knows, mysticism, things like... Uh, Awakening Your Life's Purpose, Alan Watts, all that kind of stuff helps. Brilliant people that just think and think and think and uh, have thought things before we ever did. And you kind of ride coattails on that. Am I on drugs? Okay, uh, we're going to do Patrick Kane's Tweets of the Week. Yeah, huh? And that feel good? On Monday, I tweeted, I'm old enough to remember Joe Biden. Because uh, there is no Joe Biden. It's it's hilarious. Like, where is this guy? I mean, they have to, like, escort him and hold his hand all the way through this. I don't blame him. It's not, you know. But, you know, he doesn't know. It's not, it's not on him. Anyway, on Tuesday, I tweeted, I got my third shot. Get it? Third? Everyone's talking about getting two shots. I got my third shot. Anyone wants to make out with me, um, it'll actually improve their health. Improve their health. <laughs> On Wednesday, I tweeted, I heard if you wear your mask all the time and stay home, they move you up at UCB. You know, because like in LA, the virtue signaling that's going on, the aspect of just like, you know, more people are getting uh, the shot. Um, I still don't know anybody that's gotten it. Not not saying anything against it. I don't know anyone's gotten it and been too sick from it. I've known friggin' four suicides and one, uh, well, anyway. Um, but I don't know anybody that's gotten it. But but in L.A., there's a lot of people that I know that are just like, oh, still wearing the mask, even though places are open, uh, opening up more and more. Uh, on Wednesday, I tweeted, I heard, yeah, I just said that. Okay, on Thursday, I tweeted, weird to see the Celtics have to defend against good white players. It's like they're kryptonite. You know, because they never had to do it before. They've always had the white players. And now they're, because they were playing uh, the Dallas team that has some, some great white players. Um, on Friday, I tweeted, maybe instead of another Superman movie, we can make a movie about Jim Thorpe that's not starring a white guy, right? He's only the greatest American athlete possibly of all time. Pro baseball, pro football, Olympics. Doesn't get better. And then we make a movie about him starring Burt Lancaster, a white guy. My grandpa actually knew Jim Thorpe. My grandpa Keen was from Ireland and lived in Idaho for a spell. I think either in the 30s or 40s, maybe both. But he worked on a ranch or a mine or some kind of labor. And Jim Thorpe was later in his life after football. And uh, he was older and retired by then. And they were both drinkers. But uh, I'd love to fact check that somehow. If somebody could ever look that up, I guess I could. Detail check. He died in the early 50s, just like Stalin. Unlike Stalin, Jim Thorpe is awesome. Uh, but I guess my grandfather knew him probably in the early 40s in Idaho. I don't know if my grandpa would have known who he was going in. But he used to have stories about him. And I remember kind of listening. Um, Jim Thorpe's parents were Native and Caucasian. Both were half and half. Isn't that crazy? Anyway. Um, okay, guys. Jesus, where are we? We went over a little bit. I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Uh, whether you agree with me or not or like me or not, any opinion expressed on this is not the opinion or feelings of my employer. And anything I say can and will be used against me. 
in a, in a, in and out of court of law. Keen on things podcast. Uh, yeah, keen on things. Uh, keen of comedy on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Love you. See you next week.